We're not interested in the things of the Lord at all. We're not even interested in how the Holy Spirit is working in us. We're not interested in learning not one iota more about the things of the Lord. We're not worried about it. Three major things that has to be cut away in our lives, and we'll pick up most likely here next week. World, the love of it. The system, the way it operates. For the word world there is the word system. It's the way the world operates, the way the world governs itself, the way the world works, and the things in the world. The other thing got to be cut away is our flesh or our lustful desires that the flesh has. And it's the eye gate. I see this and I what? I want it. I want it. It's a strong desire. I got to have it. I got to have this. I got to have that. I want this. And and God says, I got to cut that away. Why? Because the scripture says, be anxious for nothing. Whenever you are anxious for something and you got to have it right now, that's the flesh. That's a telltale sign. It is not the spirit at work. It is the flesh. Because when God wants you to have something, God knows what your needs are. He says, look at the lilies out there in the field. Look at the birds. They're all taken care of. Don't I love you much more than that? I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. And he says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. And then it's pride of life. So most likely next week we will start right there to understand the world, the flesh, and the pride of life. Because our pride calls us to fall constantly. Our pride won't allow us to hear somebody even give us wisdom and knowledge. Our pride won't allow us to humble ourselves and to learn from others. Our pride, and what comes with pride all the time is this, destruction and curses. Destruction and curses. And some of you don't even know that you're cursed because of your pride. Some of you don't know you're being destroyed because of your pride. And he says, boy, a proud look. Pride brings violence. Sometimes you wonder, why are you violent? Why are you ready to fight in a moment? It's because of your pride. You don't know how to back down. You don't know how to run. See? A good run is, is, is good sometimes. See? Who says you got to stand there and fight? If there's a way to run, run. If there's a way to get out of that thing, get out of it. See? But the thing is, we're going to stand and fight. Pride brings shame. And every time you find yourself being shameful of yourself, it's because of your pride that went before you. We'll go a little bit more in each one of these. And we need to understand that God has to cut away the world. He has to cut away our fleshly desires. He has to cut away our pride that we can be humbled under him. And if we learn to humble ourselves under him, he says in due season, he will exalt us. In due season, he will exalt us. Don't forget this. God set it up kings, God take it down kings. God set it up presidents, he take it down presidents. God set it up CEOs and he take us down CEOs. God is the one who does all the setting up and he does the taking down. I really believe 
opposite of what I heard the other day. As the person said, God didn't say that. Job said that. Job said this. God giveth, God taketh. Job didn't know anything about a Satan. And all of his friends agreed that God has somewhat taken from Job. God has did this. Understand that basic principle. God set it up, God can take. God can give to you or God can make you poor. God can give you extra money and your cup runneth over or he can cause you lacking and desiring for your cup to be filled. And it comes off this simple little principle, I believe. You honor me, I honor you. You be a blessing to my name, I'll be a blessing to you. He setteth up, he taketh down. If you're poor, you've got to ask the reason why are you poor. If you're on welfare, you've got to ask yourself, why are you on welfare? And most times when you find people on welfare, they're not willing to follow God's principles because God's principles with finances will remove them off of welfare. It's God's principles. It's God's principles. God says, if you don't work, you don't eat. We feeding people when we shouldn't be feeding them. Well, I don't care how great of a country we are. What's bankrupting our country is a lot of the things we're doing. Now, understand, I understand the principle of what Jesus said. You'll always have the poor with you. But go back in the biblical times and look how God helped with the poor. The gleaning fields were there. How many of you grew up? Boy, I'm breaking my own word. I'm closing, so it's going to be up to Melvin to get you all out of here by 1230. But... (laughs) How many of you are old enough to remember when you had the old coal-burning furnaces? How many of you walked along the railroads picking up coal? See, my dad would take us by there, and we would have to pick up the coal off the trains going by, loaded with coal, and we shaking off, and we had in those big old burlap bags put coal in because when he couldn't buy coal, we had to get it from there. Then along Barbton, all this garden area, after people got their corn or got their stuff, we could go out there and we could pick. You would be in somebody else's field picking. And sometimes you would go pick all day in order to take a bag of corn home. We have given out so much and we're just given that we've lost in America what is called a work ethic. And unless you're working in air condition in a comfortable seat, you're not going to work. And the whole thing is what we've lost. And when you look in the scripture, God says, understand this principle all the way back in Genesis. When he put Adam in the garden, he said you would work. The sweat of your brow didn't come in until after the fall. But God assigned Adam work before the fall. Why? Work is the best thing for us. Father, we want to thank you and praise you for your word. And we want to thank you for this rich salvation that we have. And as we continue to walk through this thing of understanding salvation, may you make it very clear to us, O God, that salvation is only the beginning. And that, Lord, we should treasure it. We should understand that it is something, Lord, that we cannot take and neglect and abuse. But, Lord, it is something very unique and of God. And we need to treasure it. 
And we need to guard it. And we need to come to a place to understand it's the most valuable possession that we have. Salvation through Jesus Christ. For in that salvation, we have everything that we have need of. We have the banks of heaven that will open up to us. We have the best doctor in the world in salvation. We have the best counselor in the world in salvation. We have the best guide in the world in the Holy Spirit. We have the greatest professor with all kind of doctor degrees who will teach us in the Holy Spirit. All in salvation. Lord, minister to us, I pray in Jesus' name. If you're here today and never accepted Christ, he says today is the day of salvation. Don't hold back. Just pray with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save me to the othermost. Do the work that you have to do in me to perfect me and to sanctify me. And I'll give you the praise in Jesus' name.